0: Just puts me up. So (laughs) thankfully I have these little meanings to come to because then I can share like a much quicker way of looking at things that your mind has the ability to entertain and draw and the recognition of it doesn't take any time. It's an aha or an unspoken yes or it's like it already was there before you seem to have come upon it. That's how beautiful it is. And when you do seemingly come upon it, the sense that it's always been there becomes so obvious that it always was and it always will be, and that no matter how significant you thought you were, you're totally insignificant in regards to that. Yeah? You're not having any effect or influence. Though it may not appear to be so to you, it doesn't mean it's not so. In other words, the only thing that we can come up with is it can appear on a daily on a daily experience that it's not so but it doesn't ever erase its so And that's why it's a solution, yeah? Because it doesn't take you into consideration at all, in a way, yeah? In other words, the solution, in a sense, is totally not based on you, and yet, when you're in the problem, it seems to be based on you. Because you can seem not to be uh, attending to it, Yeah? you can seem it can seem to you that it's not so that it's not actually an active influence in your day because if it is an active influence in your day you'll probably be traveling lighter through that day whatever that day entails you'll be traveling lighter through it it doesn't mean it's going to make it an incline and a rolling down into a you know an infinite meadow of purity it's going to mean if you get fired or you have to go to the emergency room you'll travel lighter over that event It's when it's seen in my when I'm speaking or uh, people are talking back to me about it. It seems like it's oh, it's just a peculiar notion. It's a very advanced metaphysical intellectual idea, you know, and yet it leads to the simplicity that is beyond our grasp here. Yeah. Because you and I, the way I'm built, I don't know about you, but the way I'm built, I can't embrace what already is. I can't see it. It's just like you can't, you don't know the effects of gravity right now in your experience. Even if you're totally identified as a body, you still, you get its effects, because when you're trying to run up that steep hill, it's going to be harder to breathe, but you won't know that it's coming from gravity. You won't realize the dynamics of what's going on. Yeah? So in a sense, without that knowledge, you'll be at the effects of it. So, the only way you know about gravity is if you go into an anti gravity chamber. And then you have an experience of what it's like not to be under the influence of gravity, and what happens? You recognize gravity, you know, by its absence. And in a sense, this idea of the self being fueled to find out the truth to me is a bogus trajectory of selfing. It leads nowhere. But if you're not that self, you may find out about life from the truth, yeah? From based on that truth, you're not a long-lasting independent, separate entity. Blue now may appear to be blue and red may appear to be red. Things will clear up seemingly on their own volition. Not volition, there'll be no thought or effort on your part. You'll just be seeing anew. That's all. Because the mind shifted. What did it shift? It actually didn't shift at all. It moved... One of its its fixed reference point was questioned, and then it realized it's not self centered it's centered yeah, and that centered is everywhere at all times, with no requirement necessary to meet it yeah it's always available it's more available than anything, the closest thing to you isn't as more available as that because it is what you are, yeah you can get the closest truth that you believe it is, and like Be the attendant to that master every freaking day, clean his ass, wash his dishes, this and that. And this is closer than that. Yeah, its availability is closer than that because it can't possibly be anywhere away. Yeah, that master can leave. What happens? Oh, I really love to see this dude or this lady, but then they go on a year trek to speak in Europe. Now you're looking at pictures and watching DVDs and pining for your master. But the Master now is a source of suffering instead of being a source of relief and ease and comfort. Yeah? This is, this is beyond that, or before that. Yeah. Before that fascination can take hold and then that object of fascination can be moved closer or farther, this is the inherent fascination involved and convoluted in itself. Participating and manifesting, expressing at every moment here. With at almost, it's all doing it anonymously in a sense. None of us are picking up on it. But very few are picking up on it. That every check that happens here, that's the name on it. Yeah, its fingerprints are all over everything that goes on. And yet we're like, have no. What's what's the sense of God? The sense of presence? I don't feel it. It's like you don't know the feel. You're feeling gravity right now, but you're not aware of it. Well, you're sensing the presence of that of what you are, and you're not aware of it. Or maybe you are aware of it. Yeah, Hopefully, that's the case. Because if you are aware of it, <coughs> it will be a levelling agent to all the seriousness and all the meaning that's given to everything here. Yeah. Yeah. Every subjective experience will be changed a little bit, every, every one of them, and that's all we're having here.'s a subjective experience. No one's seeing this chair as a chair. They're seeing this chair as it means what means, what, what it means to them. I see a chair like this, and for 25 years in recovery programs, I've sat on many chairs just like this. Yeah? Someone who doesn't go to recovery meetings just sees that as a metallic chair that they very rarely even get an experience of. My ass has spent hours and hours on these chairs in my life, yeah? <clears throat> so the meaning that chair has is totally different than the meaning you're giving that chair, yeah? You're not going to escape from a subjective experience, yeah? But the, the incredible uh, sway of meaning, every, like some people I know, they have at least three earth-shattering events a week, yet the earth never shatters. They're on the phone, it's fucking, everything's collapsing well, and then three days later they're playing golf. You know? <laughs> what happened to everything was collapsing? Oh, well, and then the next week, hey, everything's collapsing again. You know? How many times did everything collapse? <laughs> you know, this is the meaning. This is the meaning the mind's giving things. Yeah? All being funneled to a point of view called self centeredness. Try to get out there and try to change the meaning as they're being grown. It's like, it's like. You know, cutting a plant that just incessantly pops back up with different types of leaves, but the same fucking thing. Growing and growing and growing. <clears throat> you become the constant gardener, you know. Oh, I don't let anyone know this and this and that. What would happen if you saw that the center of all that meaning-giving, the self, that frame, isn't you? That you're not defined by that frame? What would happen? Find out! Entertain the possibility. And then you'll find out through your days. You won't find out at the next seminar. You're not, it's not going to be given to you after the 12 month program you go into. You'll find out in the living of it. You'll see that Jesus, the meanings in my life seem to have changed dramatically. I mean, the effect of this has, beca- has proliferated greatly in my vision, in my experience. I must be on to something. Yeah? Instead of changing something that affects two other light things, how about changing something that affects everything that you see and feel and taste and touch? Yeah? All the interpretation of the event of being consciously in contact will be, in- will be interpreted in a much clearer, lighter fashion. You're fucking on to something. Yeah. Light begets light. Sometimes I go to meetings I feel like I'm a vacuum you know, like a vacuum sale salesman. Everyone has these t- terrible fucking old rugs, tons of dust and mites, but they think they have hardwood flaws. They're not interested at all in the vacuum. What? I don't need a fucking vacuum. Jesus Christ. Why do you think you have sinus infections all day? Why do you think your nose is running all day? It's the fucking rug. If it was clean, you may be able to live much lighter in your own house, you know? What? Well, I don't get it. I thought it was some outside... Yeah, you're standing right on it. <laughs> it's so simple really I don't know it's something you'll be reminded of because you've looked from there in the past when you were a kid if you were in an abusive situation if your childhood hadn't been stolen by situations and circumstances where you had to live in anxiety and fear all day you were looking from the same place that we are at right, right now we're just not paying attention to it Yeah? And what did that provoke? Wonder and awe. We were engaged in things. I played for three years under an old apple tree with my friend Wayne Griffith with like 13 plastic army men. Every day after school. You know? My mother didn't have to buy giant 20 pound plastic things I got bored with in two days. We had our imagination and we just were totally engaged. Me and Wayne, hanging out. You know what I mean? And what happened to all that? Yeah. Now uh, our ability to entertain has been taken over by a master, a mental master, called Selfie, and we're entertaining, like, what did that person mean by saying hello to me for five hours? Or I think my that look means my boss is going to fire me this week, or something. We're going, we're ripping on all of this all freaking day. Yeah. And that, which was producing an ease and comfort playing with Wayne Griffith, and because I had no idea of time yet, so I wasn't worrying, will I be playing with... Will I be playing tomorrow? Because I there was no idea of tomorrow yet, yeah. And I wasn't judging. Should I be playing with Wayne (laughs) Griffith? That didn't happen until I went to school. And then I saw all these cool guys. I stopped buying into that. Then Wayne became an uncool guy. Yeah. But at that time, he was just my best friend. What happened to What happened to that view? We grew into another view. Yeah. How could it not be so? We grew out of that view into another view. And this view, in the sense, the door seemed to have been locked once we got in. Now we can look out through its windows, but we can't get out. In the sense, self can't get out of self. That's the biggest dilemma of all spiritual practices. Is if there's the identification as self, and it's trying to use a program to get out of self, good luck. You're just going to be more... You're going to be a differently adorned self. Instead of, like, taxing black leather, you'll be wearing white yoga pants and you'll have a loving gaze instead of that fucking crazy gaze. It's the same bullshit. It's just a different version of it. Yeah? And you'll have a great resume. Well, I did, I've done all these retreats. Like, who did the retreats? The same person who was shooting the drugs? Yeah. There you go. The bondage just more just migrated to each identity. You know, when you sort an identity, it just migrated to each activity. You know? It can wear robes just as good as you know, orange jumpsuits at the prison. It has no problem with changing into those uniforms. The whole dilemma is it's a uniform and we're calling it our skin. We're, call- we're calling it the skin of the body. We're calling it the skin of the soul. We're calling it the essence of the spirit. It's all self there's no individual spirit or soul. Yeah, there's mind and mind alone manifesting, and in this manifesting, it wears lots of uniforms. But we're calling a, a uniform the skin. We weren't wearing this when we were kids. We grew into this little fucking suit. Yeah. Now we're taking it to be this. We're putting moisturizer on it. We call it spiritual practices. It's not seeping in and enriching this. It's a suit. It's not skid, It's not being absorbed. All the teachings aren't being absorbed. They're being intellectualized and conceptualized. They're not being absorbed. I've seen it. I've seen people with incredible resumes. I've seen what alcoholism can do to it. an incredible mystical Buddhist. They start drinking again, there it goes. It's all out the window. Yeah? Their twenty years their twenty year resume has absolutely no power to change the the agenda of this parasite, of selfing None. To put moisturized on on, on clothes would be insane, wouldn't it? To try to make the clothes spiritual would be crazy. You know what I mean? To try to make the, the clothes feel better about itself would be insane. Just take them off. If they're uncomfortable, you know, oh, take them off. Just not, just don't open one button, you know, take them off. But how can, it's like the thing, if you had a pair of glasses and you didn't know they were glasses, they were taken to be your eyes, no matter how much distortions they would create, you would keep buying, you would attempt to buy new glasses to correct correct the distortions, you never entertain taking the first pair off. Because they were your skin. Your investigative ability, let's say represented by your fingers, would never go up there to feel around. You would just assume they are your eyes and until somebody, everyone else is assuming the same thing, is calling those glasses your eyes too. And then you run into someone and say, hey bro, there are a pair of glasses. You would think you would love that message, but now you realize Jesus Christ I got a lot invested in these, these bifocals. I don't want to give this up. I think they look pretty good. But what would happen if you just entertain? Your hands would go up here. You'd feel around. And you'd recognize, they're not eyes. What would you entertain next? Taking them off. See what it's like. If this works better than this, keep them off. Yeah? What's the best way to keep something off? In a sense, is to realize they were never on. You've never, been, you've never been truly bonded. It only appears to be so by the activity of your head. Yeah, that's why it says it's not bondage to self, it's a bondage of self in recovery. It's a beautiful statement. They changed, they used the perfect word. Because bondage to self would be like me sitting here as a thing. and this chair is a thing and a pair of handcuffs would bond me to this chair if this was the case then if I could recognize the chair and I found the right spiritual locksmith they could open up the handcuffs and I'd be freed from the bondage to that chair in other words I'd get up but we're taking ourselves to be the chair so when we get up we get up like this we walk around And we're so, in a sense, we formed, our life is formed to suit the chair so we're walking around like this all day trying to find ease and comfort for that chair. It's hard to get into seats with a chair too. Yeah? What would happen if someone would just come and go, hey, you're sitting on a chair. You're standing on a chair. That's, your view is based on standing on the chair. Get off. What? Yeah, you can step off. Now, what? What? Yeah, step off. What would happen? Find out. That's the message. This isn't telling you what's going to go on. Find out. Question, is there a long-lasting independence, separate entity? Are you the thinker of your thoughts? Are you the feeler of what you're feeling right now? Are you that? Are you a separate thing that has feelings? Or because there's feelings being noted... It assumes or infers as a special thing happening. Find out: Are you a thing, something that's having feelings, having thoughts, having experiences, or are the thoughts and the experiences and things that are occurring being used by the mental process to infer there's a thing there? I would think that's a pretty damn important question to ask yourself. Yeah. If I'm walking around under the, under the assumption that I'm the thinker of these thoughts going on, <clears throat> that relationship may be the petri dish for all the other shenanigans that are arising in my life. If maybe, if I'm the one who's feeling what's happening in this body right now, and on an emotional body, on an energetic body, you can experience very subtle things. If I am the one who's experiencing those things, yes? What would happen if I wasn't the one who's experiencing those things? The assumption is I am the one who's thinking, I am the one who's feeling, I am the one who's seeing, okay? And then obviously everything after seeing, after thinking, after feeling, is influenced by that relationship, yeah? If every thought I'm the thinker of, then all the thoughts from then on, that's going to be the influence of every thought. They're going to infer that I'm a thinker. Yeah. If this is in place, then every feeling is going to infer that I'm a feeler. If this is in place, then everything I see is going to infer that I'm a seer. You don't see that as a common denominator in our life here? and what would happen if that common denominator I'm not saying it's right or wrong but there's a possibility that it's not the only way maybe you're not the thinker what would happen then? <clears throat> that's what I'm saying entertain the possibility and then you will find out what will happen when a thought will arise maybe you'll be in a different relationship with it not as the thinker yeah. but as let's so I'm not even going to go there find out it doesn't matter what I'm, what's going through with me. Not, I'm not going with you this, this afternoon. I'm not... Thank God you're not going to hang out with me all day. You may not like it. You know, the message isn't... This isn't... The certainty... I'm sitting in a certainty about it. I've entertained it. But I heard it just like a meeting like this. And it wasn't about, oh, I've got to keep seeing that person again. I realized it was a message. That the person was an intermediary who, while it was be, being delivered through. That person was not the message. The message was what was hearing the message that person was delivering, yeah? And that I'm going to go home with, yeah? That's I'm going to go to the beach with, that I'm going to go into my relationships with. I don't care how many pictures of the mask I have in my wallet, it's not going to be what, it's not going to be there in my relationship with the girl I'm with, yeah? What seemingly is going to be there is seemingly what I am, yeah? And I'd rather realize I'm not that which I'm thinking I am. so I entertained it that's what I did just like I'm looking out this door and I see a lot of things and I see emptiness of things that's what it's like you entertain the idea and what happens is it may produce a pause when everything that's being pointed at being inferred having something to do with you the mind may not make the leap into being the moon that the fingers are pointing at that's all you may realize it's just pointing. Yeah? There's no moon that it's pointing at. There's no you, but you're the seeing of the pointing. Yeah, not seeing from the you. That's a form of looking, but the seeing of the pointing is freedom. Not from what's, well, not from the pointing, but what it infers. The thought isn't what's binding you. It's the my of it. The being the thinker of it or about you is the binding agent. Yes self claims that's its movement, it's a mental process, see it, it's not a physical process, it's not even an emotional process, though it produces a feeling, a sense of being a self. It's a mental process, yeah? That mental process has a desire, and that desire is to be a self, a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, a special, unique something, Yeah? What does it do? It claims what's ever happening. So if thinking is happening, it claims the thinking as the th- thinker. Yeah. Now, all the thoughts facilitate its drive to bond you to an idea of being a self. The thoughts aren't doing it. They're carrying the intent of the selfing in them. Yeah. All the thoughts do is point that there's a you, but the mind makes a leap into being the you they're pointing at. Yeah? The feelings... Use, this mental process, use the feelings, by being claimed as the feeler, uses all the feelings to infer and to imply that there's a feeler. Yeah? That's what it does. Yeah? Everything that's seen is now being seen as a seer, that all seeing is used to infer, imply, assume that there's a self. Yes? Yeah? So it's not the seeing, it's not seeing, it's not feeling, it's not thinking it's the feeling of being the thinker, the seer, and the feeler, yeah? That's where the bondage is. See if it's so. I don't believe there's a moon. I I see they're pointing. That's all. And after I got in- disinterested in the pointing, because it wasn't about me, the interest went on the seeing of it. That's all that happened. Yeah? Here's the pointing, which you're seeing. Every one of us is seeing it. We may be in an ignorant manner or in a uh, confused manner, but they're seeing of it, yeah? Because the mind wouldn't make the leap in being the moon, because it's not the moon. It has to be pointed to as the moon, yeah? It has to be assumed and implied and referred to all day for the mind to get in the habit of taking itself to be the moon. What would happen if you didn't make that leap, yeah? You'd be seeing all the pointing you'd be seeing thoughts you'd be seeing feelings in a felt manner you'd be seeing what's heard in a hearing manner or you'd be seeing and after a while it would dawn on you you're a verb in a way you've never been a noun nor will you ever be a noun you've never been a thing that's trying to become an unthing you've never been a thing yeah and then you just I don't know I find there's a great rest there Being a noun is incredibly agitating because it has to be reinforced all day. And everything seems to be looked at as it's happening to it now, which is way too much. It's like an avalanche of uh, information coming on this one fixed point. It's way too much for us to handle. We can't process a day here. We can't process three hours of a day here. Really, can we? But in this way, instead of seeing life happening to you, you see life is happening. But I guarantee you, you can't go home and practice seeing life as happening. You cannot. You'd still be doing it as a you. Yeah. This is the backdoor way. Just see if that's not so. If the if what's being taken to be so that a thought and a thinker, yeah, are cause and effect. That there's the thinker that's doing the thoughts. If that isn't so, a whole Different feelings and attitudes and experiences and perspectives will grow out of that empty Petri dish. Yeah? Just like all this, all this mental minutia and anxiety and belief in time, everything's growing out of that other Petri dish. We're not saying we're going to put a new culture in there. We're just questioning the first culture. Is it actually so? If then, If it's an empty Petri dish, see what nothing produces in your life. See what happens then. Yeah? I found it produces an ease and comfort, and uh, when push comes to shove, that's the only thing you truly, 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 really value here. Is if you could travel lighter every day, you'd be fucking, happy. you'd be successful, you'd be well off, yeah, you'd be totally okay. All the all the drive to use time to get to somewhere you think you're not will be dismissed. You'll be Saturday in Marin City, even though you're late, you'll still be here. Yeah? And why, what better place to be located than where you are, seemingly, eh? <laughs> Why not start on the square that you're on instead of believing you were on a past square and, or the future square and then having all your moves on the game board based on an imaginary location? Yeah, fuck. It's hell to me. You know, Even if you run into a peaceful situation, you won't be able to enjoy it because you'll try to claim it or try to keep it, prolong it, or fucking resuscitate it if your fate is dying, and more meditation. Come get back to it. give me a break. This is like relaxed awareness. It's very freeing. You know what I mean? Your lens opens up. That's all. It's amazing when it opens up because you couldn't, you can't believe that it was, it was a lens to begin with. You know. I remember what happens with me. It's sort of trippy. It goes like this. Sitting there, thinking, I, I am this, and I'm, I'm watching mental conditions and emotional conditions. And I was at a meeting, one of the first meetings i ever went to like this. And the lady said something, and it triggered my mind. And my, I was sitting there, and my mind went like this: the aperture opened, but not just open like it opened like this. And then suddenly, the eye that I thought was so solid was being seen from another location as a mental state. <laughs> here I am from mental state, picking and describing and intellectualizing everything I saw, and then suddenly that was revealed not to be me, (laughs) the lens has opened up, (laughs) and you're going to be included in the picture, (laughs) right now... (laughs) <laughs> we're thinking everything's happening from here no, no there's a bigger camera this is like a little kid's camera that doesn't really have any film it just has this past loop you know, goes over and over again and we're thinking, oh yes I'm I'm experiencing everything I'm the director sometimes I'm the producer I'm the star and then suddenly you realize there's a really big camera behind your ass that's picturing you <coughs> what? oh yes you're a little a little idea in the movie of mine mine's maybe curious about it occasionally but there's billions of us running in front of its view <laughs> and we're all thinking me, 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 like we're the most relevant significant part of this whole picture <laughs> look at me <laughs> <laughs> this is very liberating, I'm telling you this is, for this to be so your world's got to be really small for you to be so big you do, that's just what happens when selfie has this event, claims it this event's going to become probably really small, I don't care if you travel all around the world, it'll still be small because for, it has to be small for you to seem so big and that's why, you want to be a big fish in a small pond A big fish wouldn't be a big fish in the ocean. But in a small pond, it can seem to be really big, yeah? So its whole intent is not to realize the ocean. It wants to only realize the pond it's in. Yeah? It wants to see differences instead of similarities. It doesn't want to have any... It wants to... It may even want to know everywhere, but it wants to entertain everywhere from a special somewhere. Yeah? And it would, rather, it would rather go out from the special somewhere, get some of what it thinks is everywhere, or what other maybe people think is, and bring it back and have it in the special somewhere. Where the real, to me, the release is when that little pond realizes it's the extensive ocean, yeah? And then you may go through a sort of a death in a way that you or whatever you call it, the mental death, because then its bigness is seen so small, it can be incredibly devastating, for something that you're not, so that's the good news. Yeah? So if you don't die and you don't act out, everything gets really good. Yeah. <clears throat> if you don't die like for me, if I shot Coke, who knows what would happen, you know? If I shot Coke right now, first of all I'd pass the donation box Pass it, because I'd have to get more money as soon as I could need. And then I'd be rushing out of your really I'd probably stay in Marin City all day, who you knows? <clears throat> use this place, they find out, kick me out of the <laughs> church, you know, and, you know and, uh, things would just ensue and then if I had any idea that I was I, ha- I was somewhere before this how could this possibly happen to me it happens as a me yeah, that's when it happens yeah, when the me grows up, it happens as a me and, and the interpretation is happening to a me, yeah so if you don't act out and you don't die things get really good they have to because obviously mind's expressing here in time and space so if you entertain this possibility it's going to start expressing and it's probably going to leak out into all your affairs things will just change you know in in sort of a nicer way I don't know if it's intentional that's just what happens yeah that's it (laughs) perfect time (laughs) I, I may have a few more minutes. Too. I think I said enough. Anyway, really, this is the su- this is the super advanced stage now.
1: Sorry, the Paul. I have experience of an advanced uh uh I got some medical stuff going on, so they give me an, an MRI. That's the magnetic resonance, and they put you in a big, huge chamber. It was yeah, a huge. Yeah, and uh, it's very and a lot of noise. Yeah, and, heavy, uh, yeah. And, and uh, clanky. They put, plug your ears up. They see your head. Your body is like this, then they roll you into this tube, and. Uh, I had it done once before, and I was, it wasn't that bad looking at it, because I was so grateful. To me, it would be similar to working in a boiler factory in the old days before they had the uh, protections for workers. It was just awful, racket. and I said, well, buddy, those poor guys have to work 10 to 14 hours a day, five, six days a week. I just have to spend 40, in this case, 60 minutes in this old machine, pay it all day work. Now sometimes that creates tension And I'm giving you a low body. And what I did there with my advanced heterogene was I tried to stay extremely present with each sound and react. The only way you react is I can't make it noise with a toe or a motion or a motion of the foot. And that time just passed perfect. It didn't bother me at all. It would have never happened if I been thinking, oh, how long, how, how long have I been here? And you know, once in a while, the clock passes. Oh, I'm gonna go. But just by that ability to stay present with whatever is happening right now, it, I don't have a lot of. It worked perfectly, and uh, I just want to commend you and thank you for that. Um, oh, yeah. thank you, man. Said, hey, brought me to that.
0: I had to go through that when I hurt my neck in the water put me through it when I was broke my neck, and I left in there. That put the sounds oh, yeah. so much. I left. I mean, my mind space went out somewhere because it went to a point where the head couldn't take it, and then that's what you are—is all around that. <laughs> I just couldn't. I mean, it was really way trippy. It's a trippy event. Yeah. So, yeah, well, you were in there an hour. seemingly Yeah. No, it was. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've got a pacemaker
0: and so they had to yeah. extend the time yeah Shit. yeah this it, it shows up in all different ways here yeah it's effects you know what I mean it's like even if you go back to gravity you still have the realization of what it's like not to be in gravity yeah so you can bring that realization back into gravity you know what I mean If you had an anti-gravity event, and then when you went back into the daily life, you'd start noticing gravity's effects a lot more. Wouldn't you? You would. For a while. For a while. And yet, in a sense, this anti-gravity is the primary state. Yeah? So it's always like contextually around the content of what all the influences and effects of, let's say, gravity or duality here. Yeah? The, the singularity of everything or the non-ness of everything is the context where the the duality or the seeming to ness is appearing. So while so it's not like you have to rush back into an anti-gravity chamber, you are the anti-gravity chamber. Yeah? And like it would be like Jesus says, you're you're in this world of gravity, but you're not of it. You're of the of the anti-gravity chamber, yet you're having an experience in this gravity realm, yeah? But you're not of it, and the ofness overrides the in because in is based on in and out, yeah, but ofness is not is all it you know what I mean is more contextual, and your mind can easily grasp it it's it's not a big leap it's not an advance it's not a thing to study it's just a, an aspect of mind that can crack it you know if it has a if it has a uh, an invitation or a revelation or an experience or a a message, whatever, there's many different ways it can be uh, pointed to by mind to mind, yeah? But once the mind reflects it and gets an aha in its own surface, it's not easily forgettable. It can only seem to be forgotten. But now it's been grokked, yeah? It's been understood. To me, that's the beauty of it. It's not having to live, how are you going to live here in an anti-gravity chamber? It's like that guy, uh, Howard Hughes, who was walking around with Kleenex boxes and everything. He didn't want to have any germs, so he tried to make his whole environment totally uh, antiseptic. So he had more Kleenex boxes and everything. (laughs) He's still getting sick. He still passed away. But it's not like I have to live in an anti-gravity chamber, you know? No, you're not of the gravity. Yes? Yeah. Would you... um have opposition to um, somebody identifying that the program, uh, the big book, the uh, information that is a source of reference be called critical thinking? Well, in a way, it's just more observational thinking where you recognize your condition. Or I, know, I know what you mean but I mean so so labeling something uh, with that adjective of you know being critical thought I mean I'm kind of saying that the person that perhaps said well that's advanced you know my, my today's uh, cell phone yes, 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 yes. all this yeah, other yeah. stuff is that's certainly not the same thought pattern. You know? yeah 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 and, and so critical maybe that's not the right word but it, and hence that somebody all people can find a Point of reference, so to speak. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's just something that I was considering in regard well, to. Well, critical that. thinking, you know, I, I haven't heard that in a while, but I hear it a lot in the news and stuff because uh, yeah. supposedly most people aren't participating in the it. Just somebody that had that experience, like you say, of gravity, you know, then the thought was much more critical about the, what is not gravity, you know what I'm saying? Well, or yeah. The yeah on gravity experience and then pondering gravity and yeah. oh. Much more well, what would happen if all you're in is gravity? Gravity. If you're all in that, then the idea of non-gravity could only be conceptual or intellectualized, yeah? Yeah. Because you'd be constantly under the influence of gravity. But in this case, the constant influence of this gravity, you know, mind and this and that, is only at the level of seemingly so. The reality is non-gravity. So there's not a point where you have... Uh, When you're in gravity, then someone says, oh, there's anti-gravity, or there is no world, and there's only love and oneness. Well, what happens when you're coming out of the gravity place? You're going to conceptualize that idea and try to fit it into the gravity, in a way. Yeah? Which the gravity's going to weigh you down considerably trying to, quote-unquote, get there. (laughs) Like, it'll be lifetimes, let's say, of practices and processes. But in this case, we're just talking about the gravity... To point out that it may not be so. What happens if it's seen not to be truly so? That's the sense of the anti-gravity. And when that sense over, comes over you, you'll realize it's always been that case. It's not, if you listen to everyone in history, in spiritual history, when there's any kind of satori, dawning of anything, there's always a the thing, it's always been that way. Yeah? That's, that's, the, in this case, the example of gravity and anti-gravity is severely limited. But it's pointing out the fact that the anti-gravity is the incessant or inherent state. The gravity is a state that can only appear to be so. Yeah? If you see it's not... And, what, it's, and who's it, what is that appearing be so resting on to the you that it's appearing to be so too? So we're not trying to change this experience of gravity's influences. We're just questioning who is it, who's under the gravity's influence? Yeah? <clears throat> if it's not you... You may realize, if I'm not that, you may realize your what has never been influenced by all the effects of gravity. Yeah. Which would allow you to do what? Travel lighter under the effects of gravity here. Yeah. Instead of trying to find, you know, like a a temple or like this, which are like the anti-gravity places... You know, or building one in your room with the altar and sage, and nothing bad can happen in this room. No cursing, no sex, or whatever, maybe. Or a lot of sex, who knows? Whatever you're thinking. <laughs> and then <clears throat> I'm going to rush to that place where I can feel the anti gravity. How's that work for everybody? How's it work? Yeah. This is questioning who is it that's under the gravity? Who has this huge pull to go somewhere to get away from here? Yeah? If it's not you, you may find there's no need to leave here because you've never came here. Yeah? You've never left what you are. It can only seem to be so when you're identified as a you. And you're not that. Yeah? It's not like affirmations and saying, I've always been right where I am. That's not going to hold that's the realization you've always been right where you are. It hasn't been prodded by any cattle prods of affirmations or prayers or stuff like that. It's just dawned on you. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> it's like a sun that's never gone down that seemingly dawns on you. But when it dawns on you, you realize, you realize the sun has never gone down. Yeah? So it looks like there was a dawning, but the dawning in, in, in Affirms to you there was no dawning. It's always been bright. Yeah? There's a huge difference between seemingly so and what's so. It's a huge difference. Yeah? Seemingly so comes and goes. Seemingly so needs a you that be seemingly so too. Yeah? See it. It's an engagement of mind with an idea. This, the truth is, there's no idea the mind's engaged with. It's just mind, yeah? When Jesus says, you know, as you think, so you are. The Course of Miracles says everything you see, you've given everything you've seen, all the meaning it has. They're all talking about the perceptual, perceiving what's been projected by mind as if it's real and solid. This is the dilemma of perception here. It's the apparatus, this is how it sees. It's built that way. It's a form of looking, yeah? Are you inherently bound by that? Only if you take yourself to be this. If you're not this, you're not bound by it. It's just the the active, it's like the working program of what's going on here. But you're not the programmer, nor are you the programmed. Yeah. There's a freedom. I mean, if you were walking around all day and all you saw was light, why would you want to fucking be here at all? Yeah? Yeah? This is like, see the differentiation of light. So undifferentiated light moves through this, uh, this opportunity, and then it differentiates. And we have a subjective experience about undifferentiated light. Voila! It's awesome in a sense, yeah? It's like being in a huge garden. If you want to make you, you know, lay down in the thorn bushes, hey, okay, hopefully that will motivate you to get up and smell the roses. But she's, you know, I I have no problem with the format here. This is just what's happening. Yeah. But is it so? No, of course not. I say all the time, what would happen if last night when you went to bed you never woke up again? Would you have? Would you know you were, you were gone or you had ever been here? Last night, whatever was going on in your head, ten minutes before you went to bed, let's say you never woke up. You died. Yeah. Would there be a, that voice? Would it be talking somewhere in some sublime realm? Say, I died. How did I pass away? I had to go to the store that day. <laughs> I didn't call up my friends. <laughs> no, would it be? I don't believe so. I don't think so. And would you have anything where you would long for your old self that had passed away? I don't think so. It would be as if it never fucking happened. Yeah? Why? Because it never did happen. <laughs> it's probably one of the greatest truths of all time I've had it I've died a couple times overdosing and stuff and I'll tell you when I was gone and it was a long time I was gone because I shot up in North Beach some heroin with my friend David Webb you won't mind hopefully <laughs> can't get arrested it's past the point point. and uh, in North Beach I was laying on his bed and then the next, and I would sit there and I felt really good, you know. I felt that warm, obliviated feeling that was leading me to true oblivion. <laughs> and I remember I was looking at the room and I always liked looking at corners and stuff. And I was looking at the corners and suddenly the whole room, I just sucked in and I was gone, basically. And then I popped back up. I was laying on, I was sitting on the ground in the room with all these paramedics and two policemen. And David Webb and his roommate looking at the threshold of the door, and everyone was yelling excitedly, and I realized I was the object of all the excitement, and they were shooting me up with this anti-narcotic drug, Narcan, and I came back. The movie just started again, and there I was. And you know, another hospital prison drama was going to ensue. But I was seemingly gone for like at least 20 minutes. They couldn't have been, they weren't waiting in the hallway when I passed out. They had to drive, seemingly, and call up and drive, come up the stairs to this apartment, and they brought me back, and then it was like there was like an empty spiel, spool, no film, and then the film kicked in again, and then Paul got regurgitated. The story of Paul. Yeah, what happened in that little 20 minute interlude? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Just bingo, I would say that's how it is. Yeah. Could you imagine everything I've worried about and concerned about all this whole life? At one point, it's going to seem so clearly as if it never happened. Not to anyone. It can, that's really a great revelation. But not necessarily it's going to happen to anyone. But it's just going to be so. yeah, Like it never happened. Yeah. I was watching this weird movie, I'm going to go on a second, called Between Two Worlds from like the 40s, with John Garfield, never saw it before, I only caught the last 45 minutes, and it had the guy from the Maltese Flower, Green Street, Sydney Green Street, and these people were in like a, a bar between earth and the afterlife, and they didn't know that, they were on this yacht, and they wondered, how did they get here, and they all had like, it was the rich guy, and then they realized, hey, they're at the waiting room for either going to heaven or hell and they had this, this examiner was going to come that they, who was going to tell them which way they were going and it was Sidney Greenstreet this yeah. overweight guy, great guy he walks in, and they're all going to get interviewed by him and they have all the archetypes the rich guy who fucking hurt everybody and I have everything and he says, the guy's talk. so the rich guy comes in and starts talking to Sidney Greenstreet and he starts saying well mister, I want to get, I should get this place and that and he says no, 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 no and he says, well, I had everything I had everything and he says uh, and he says what? Greenwich looks down what? Oh yeah, I had everything for 30 years. He says 30 years, 30 days, 30 minutes It's not it's like I'm lifting up an eyelash. <laughs> and the guy goes, "What? Oh, get on the get on the shuttle. You're going to hell." <laughs> I thought that was cool. <laughs> And here we are. <laughs> it's going to be funny if we pass away who we're going to go up in front of you and me. It'll be me in front of me. And I've already been convicted here. I'm definitely going to be convicted on the, the oversight committee. <laughs> you didn't give your mother any money that time? Oh no, you're going to hell. There's no way you're going to win. We're all living out our little sentences in a way, you know? It's gotta be, those court cases, you're never gonna win with the greatest attorney in the mental courts. They gotta be brought to the court of life. You've gotta see that nothing ever happened. Yeah. The sense of doership is very strong here. And many of us have felt we've done things or we've omitted to do things that we really should have done. Yeah? And they're like fucking steel hooks that many of us are on. We're just swinging around on that hook, you know, maybe wearing nice clothes, going to nice places, but there's a big hook in us. Yeah, and there's no, you're not going to get relief from any God of your making, yeah. you know, nor from you or from your peers. The solution is an absolution of realizing nothing ever happened. Yeah. So, All right, that's it, eh?
1: Mm-hmm.